Hello again everyone and welcome back to The InDesigner, the video cast that provides information, instruction, and insight for designers using and learning Adobe InDesign. I'm your host Michael Murphy, graphic designer and Adobe certified expert in InDesign CS2. And this is episode 39, InDesign CS3, A Second Look. Last week I really wanted to show more of CS3's look and feel, but some late night quick time problems forced me to cut the episode short. So here's the rest of what you should have seen in episode 38, more of the interface changes and improvements you can expect when you start working with InDesign CS3. Let's take a look at one of my favorite user interface changes, which is right here in the Pages panel. New to CS3 is the option to view page thumbnails in the Pages panel instead of just icons. I love this feature. It makes finding the right spread in your document so much easier. I also like the grabber hand you get now when you're not over a page thumbnail that lets you scrub through the Pages palette instead of using the scroll bar or buttons. The page thumbnails have small letters in the upper corners that indicate what master page they're using, and this little checkerboard icon appears next to the page numbers for any spread that's using transparency, so you still get all the information you're used to getting from the palette, and more. So if I'm ever wondering where in my layout is the spread with the full bleed two-page photo, I can see it here on pages 8 and 9, and go right to it. To explore improvements to another user interface element, I'll go to another spread and select an object to make all of my control panel options active. And let's take a look at part of the new and improved control panel. In CS3, buttons for rotate 90 degrees clockwise or counterclockwise, as well as flip horizontal and flip vertical have been added, along with a proxy icon that reflects the state of the selected object. If I rotate this photo 90 degrees clockwise, the icon is also rotated. Rotating it back in the other direction updates the proxy accordingly. If I flip it horizontally, the proxy switches to an outline. Flipping it vertically once puts it back to solid, and one more vertical flip reflects that status in the icon and as a tooltip. In addition, if I control click the proxy or right click on the PC, I get a contextual option that lets me clear all of those transformations at once. The control panel now also sports push button options for many of the new transparency features added to CS3. So you can apply effects to objects, set their opacity, add or remove a drop shadow, and add other Photoshop style effects like inner shadow, outer glow, inner glow, bevel and emboss, satin, and three different kinds of feathering. There are also new buttons for applying four different text wrap options added to the control panel. Another great improvement to the control panel is that it adapts to the size of my monitor. When I do this video cast, my monitor is set to 1024 by 768, and what you see at the top here is all that fits in the panel at that size. But when I'm working on my 15-inch MacBook Pro normally, the resolution is set to 1440 by 900, and prior to CS3, the space after these options would have just been a big, blank field of gray. But now, InDesign fills that space with additional options when the size of the display allows, and those options are appropriate in the context of what I'm working on. So, for instance, when I have a graphic frame selected, I also get options for object styles, frame fitting, alignment, and distribution. 
when I have a text frame selected, I see text frame object styles, column and vertical alignment settings, there's a fit frame to content button, and alignment buttons. The new CS3 user interface also allows a new level of customization. You can edit the application's menus to fit your workflow. The edit menu has a new option at the bottom, menus. Choosing this opens the menu customization dialog where you can set options for both the application's menus and for panel menus. You can toggle a menu item on or off and apply a color to the menu item. Let's say I was setting up menus for an editor working in InDesign. I could go down to the InCopy submenu and set it to be highlighted in orange. I can do the same for Spelling and Edit Story to make them easier to find. Since an editor won't need options like Transparency Blend Space, Transparency Flattener Presets, Color Settings, and Assign Profiles, I'll turn those off and then click OK. Take a look at the Edit menu now. It no longer has those options showing, but it has my specified items colored orange. These customized menu settings can be saved as sets, like you do with keyboard shortcuts, and included as part of a custom workspace. I've actually created a workspace called Editor's Workspace, which I'll load now. The workspace includes the panels an editor is most likely to need, and has menus that have been customized to remove unwanted commands and highlight the most frequently used options. There's something else included in this workspace that's new to CS3, this row of buttons below the control panel that's known as the command bar. The command bar provides one-click access to frequently used commands like New Document, Open, Save, Print, Find Change, Check Spelling, the Character Panel, Increase Font Size, Decrease Font Size, the Swatches Panel, Tabs, Bulleted Lists, Numbered Lists, Decrease Left Indent and Increase Left Indent, Insert Pages, Delete Pages, text frame options, text wrap, update link, and place. This particular group here is very helpful buttons to access Photoshop and Illustrator and to export an Adobe PDF. And the commands are rounded out with zoom in, zoom out, actual size, fit in spread, and help. Personally, this isn't the way I like to work. I'm more of a keyboard shortcut guy. But this isn't my workspace. It's an editor's workspace. And these are the type of controls that editors who work a lot in Microsoft Word are used to. That's it for this episode. I'll be back soon with a new episode that gets back to the videocast's original mission, real-world examples of InDesign in action. I'll be using CS3 from now on, but we'll still be covering features that go back to at least CS2 for those of you still on the fence about upgrading. But more CS3 information gets added regularly to InDesignSecrets.com. There's already a post by Steve Werner about the new feature that lets you place InDesign files inside other InDesign files. Anne-Marie Concepcion has a post up about remote workflows with InCopy CS3. Sandy Cohen has written about the new effects features, and Pariah Burke put up a post about using Fine Change to search and replace object attributes like fill, stroke, text wrap, etc. All of that and more is available right now at InDesignSecrets.com. My eight-page article about all of the big changes in CS3 will appear in the next issue of InDesign Magazine, due out April 11th. If you sign up for a two-year subscription at www.indesignmag.com and use the promo code TheInDesigner, you'll receive every back issue of the magazine free. It's a pretty sweet deal. 
And another reminder that I will be presenting three sessions at the upcoming InDesign conference in New York City from June 4th through June 7th. I'm doing a session on tables, including CS3's new Table Styles and Cell Styles feature, another on advanced fine change features, including CS3's new Grep and Object Level Searching, and one called Why Go Out, which will be about how much you can accomplish right inside InDesign without ever having to go out to other applications like Illustrator and Photoshop. Find out more about the event at www.idconference.com. As always, you can post your comments and questions about this or any other episode at indesignsecrets.com slash theindesigner. You can email me at info at theindesigner.com or look for me on AIM or iChat as The InDesigner. Until next time, this is Michael Murphy for the InDesigner Videocast and indesignsecrets.com. Thanks for watching.